Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Your local Honda superstore for motorcycles, ATVs, side by sides, scooters, and generators. CarolinaHonda.com. Your home of the Gamecocks in the Midlands. 1075 The Game. Also heard on the Grand Strand at 100.3 The Game. And in the PD at 100.5 The Game in Florence. All right, and welcome in. It is the Garnet Trust Hour here on your Reaction Monday on the game. Tyrehead, Chris Clark, happy to be welcoming in somebody that was a part of that victory on Saturday night against Fremen, 47-21 to defensive tackle for the Gamecocks, TJ Sanders. Uh, you guys flying in uh, right there at the uh, last second, but glad you made it in, TJ. Thanks for, uh, thanks for hanging out with us this morning. Absolutely. TJ's first uh, radio, we think, Tyler. Okay, so, uh, so we're, we're good at debuts. Yeah, he's ready to go. Um, this is our first day, too, TJ. So, no, nah, I'm just kidding. But um, all right, I'm excited to have TJ in here. We, we have a lot of ground to cover. I want to look back at recruiting a little bit because I covered your recruiting process. Look at your development as a player. The cool thing about being in season, guys, is we can actually kind of get TJ's perspective on what happened in the game exactly a couple, a couple nights ago. Um, and then here's another one I'm excited about, TJ. Later in the show, later in the program, we're going to get your starting five from the football team for basketball. I know you're going to be on your own team. I know you'll be on it. TJ is a guy that has been 
probably one of our most selected guys. Okay. Right? Yeah, that, yeah that's yeah. true. That's He's a high true. draft pick. You, a lot of your you've, teammates You've appeared you. on a lot of lists from the other guys. Yep, yep. And I remember I remember your highlights from high school, too. So um, let, let's look back at recruiting first, and then um, we'll get into the game. So you came in at a, a very interesting time in college football because um, – you know, you you were coming off kind of that COVID year, right? So I remember your recruiting was probably in a normal year, maybe not what it would have been, right, as far as offers and everything. So what do you remember about the recruiting process? Um, I just remember um, there was a lot of left left uh, left left on the plate. Um, <laughs> I feel like I could have took way more visits to other schools um, that were recruiting me. You know what I'm saying? I'm glad I'm here, of course. But um, just looking back then, a 17-year-old, 16-year-old kid, it just would have been nice to have that experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so remind us of which school, what what other schools are in the mix? I feel like I remember Tennessee being in the mix for you. Mm-hmm. Who else was in there as far as offers? And mm, It wasn't really too many SEC schools. It was maybe Tennessee, Vandy. I remember I had NC State, Duke, and a few of those other ACC schools. What was your history? You know, I, I remember you were obviously, as we said, a, a basketball player, but have you played football your whole life, or did you pick it up later? Or no, I picked it up uh, when I got back to high school. Uh, I used to play. I used to actually play center back in a uh, pee wee league. Okay, but yeah, that wasn't for me. So, <laughs> <laughs> took my talent to the court. Had a little bit of success there, but now I'm making big moves back it's, on the football field. And then, as a freshman in high school, you decided to pick it back up. No, I am, I am uh, pick football back up to my junior junior year. year. That's right. Wow. I remember that now. Mm-hmm. Um. And you wanted to play how, – how did you switch from, okay, I played center and say, Pee Wee or what at Pop Warner, and then you move over to the defensive line? What kind of – what caused that? What was the reason that you played started playing D-line? Oh, I just told him, if y'all want to play football, I'm not <laughs> playing center. That's just straight up what I told him. Like, Why didn't you like playing center? I'm not taking hits. Okay. You, you like hitting <laughs> oh, people, yes, not being hit. I'm not hit, taking licks all game. Type of hits that you deal out, you don't you don't want to – you don't want this. What were you as a junior? What was height and weight? What um, were you at? As a junior, pre-COVID, I was probably 6'5", 255, 265. Oh. Yeah, that's why I was mainly a basketball player, but it wasn't <laughs> until COVID I gained like 40, 50 pounds. But, wow. Jeez. Yeah. What are you right now sitting in here? About 300, 298. You don't look 300. Not like in all. a good way, you know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very, yeah. it's very athletic. Three hundred. Yeah, it's athletic. Three hundred. Um, have you? Do you feel like from? So you put on about forty pounds. So you were probably shoot as a recruit. Then you know, senior year, you were probably up close and push pushing closer to three hundred. But do you feel like it's a different type of weight now? Like you've re, restructured? Oh no, definitely you know? no. Back matter of fact, back in high school, I remember it was one point my senior year, I was playing basketball at like three twenty five. Oh. Yeah, and I was like, nah, I'm too big. <laughs> <laughs> Got to drop some weight. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it definitely, it definitely didn't feel how it feels now because I felt like that was all just, like, not supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. Unneeded body weight. Yeah, and I had to lose all that. Now, being an in-state kid, did you grow up a South Carolina fan? I Honestly, no. No? I never really paid college sports much attention growing up. Okay. I, I never was the kid to grow up and hope for Saturday so I can watch college football. That was really never me. Were you an NBA guy? Yeah, definitely. NBA Who's your guy. team I'm and a, players? I'm a Bucks fan. Okay, Bucks fan. Giannis. Okay, because of Giannis. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So that's your fair. guy. That's yeah. fair. Yeah, I can see a little bit of that in your basketball game. Re- remembering your your highlights, like you were you were like a passing big man, yeah. and you had a shot, mm-hmm. and you could handle the ball. So you got the Giannis elements in there. So tell so 
again, recruiting was weird at that time because you're in the 2021 class. Mm -hmm. So that's Beamer coming in, like end of Muschamp era, Beamer coming in, like no visits can happen or anything like that. Did you get to see, like, did you see South Carolina at some point in recruiting it was, before you committed? might have been right before Muschamp left. I remember I came out here, he invited me to, like, one of the it might have been a bowl practice. No, it wasn't a bowl practice. They didn't go to the bowl game that year. It was one of the practices they had. Right. And I just remember him inviting me up here. And at the same time, he um, gave me the scholarship. And then you committed, you carried it over to Beamer. What, what do you remember, like, the, the first conversation you had with Beamer when he came in or any of his coaches? Honestly, no. I don't. Yeah. What were the first days like? You know, be, like being in COVID, so you're a freshman. Mm -hmm. You're coming into college, so this is a completely new experience for you. Not only, you know, new football team moving up to the SEC, playing big-time college ball, but you're also, like, you're, you're what, 18 years old. You're a freshman going to college. And, I, I mean, I can't imagine that. I remember when I was a freshman in college, A, I didn't have football like you guys. But just that experience, um, man, it's just a big, like, life change. And y'all had to do it during COVID, right? So that just seems... Was that kind of weird, bizarre? Like, what were those days like? Um, yeah, just just coming to a new scene, like uh, outside of Marion. I never really left left where I lived. Um, I think I might have been in Columbia twice for like AAU tournaments or something. But yeah, just coming out coming out of my shell, you know what I'm saying, living somewhere new other than with my mom. It was fun, actually. You know what I'm saying. I would call it definitely one of the best experiences of my life. Well, was there any hesitation when the switch was made from Muschamp to Beamer to maybe look? somewhere else uh, as opposed to staying committed to South Carolina? I mean, maybe if I was would have been talking to Carolina like like sophomore year or uh, freshman year, but I really didn't really connect connect with Coach Muschamp as much as I, you know what I'm saying, should have at that time. So when Beamer came, it was just, uh, you know what I'm saying, basically like I just started the, the, the experience over with a new head coach, and we kept it rolling from there. Being – so on the field your freshman year, you know – did you have any – I know Tyler always asks, like, the welcome to the SEC moment. Like, did you have one of those, like, in practice or or any time where you're like, man, like, this is big-time football? Like, mm, Well, my freshman year, I red-shirted, so yep. I, ain't, I ain't seen much game action. But I do right. remember going against Javon Gwynn in practice every day. <laughs> that I remember. I feel like he's part of the reason I'm who I am today. Like, he, he worked me every day until, to the point I got tired of it. And we started going at it. But, yeah, it was times with Gwynn. Even Vershawn, we had some guy named Rody back in the day. It was all just, just good to see that. Oh, this isn't Marion High anymore. It's like this is big time football. So, what were the biggest? You know, when that switch kind of flipped for you, what were the biggest adjustments that that you made? Was it, you know, nutrition? Was it work ethic? Like, like what was it going against Javon and all those guys early that that really helped you and made you realize, hey, I I got to step it up here a little bit. I think it was just a mindset thing, like. Uh, nobody's, like, going to stop me from achieving what I want to uh, achieve. And it was just like, you know what I'm saying, don't come out here picking and choosing when you want to play. Like, every every snap, you know what I'm saying, I go at it the same where this, you know, walk through a period one, period eight, you know what I'm saying. So I just feel like the older guys taught me that, and I just soaked it up like a sponge. Yep. So I want to ask you about uh, Travian Robertson, your, your new D-line coach this year coming in. Um, it's kind of unique because he actually played here. Mm -hmm. Uh, was recruited here, played here out of the state of North Carolina, came here, had a really good career, went on to the NFL. But how has it been, you know, learning over under Coach Robertson? 
Um, it's definitely good having someone with the experience. They've been in the same meeting room you've been in, went to where you're trying to get to. So everything he's saying, you know what I'm saying, you're 110% locked in on it, listening to every little detail. And I feel like it's even, even the stuff off the field that makes him more of a likable coach. What is it off the field? Like that he? Uh, it's just like the time, you know what I'm saying, he's always asking y'all trying to come over or um, his wife's always doing stuff for us. And it's just things like that. He's just showing us he cares about us like other than just football. Like. His wife was a big-time track athlete here. Do you know yeah, about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah she, he, told me, he told me some stories. <laughs> yeah, she, she might be the best athlete in that family. <laughs> and what's it like having a coach that has come through the system at South Carolina for a guy like him that's also gone on to the uh, NFL as well? Like I said, man, it's huge, man. Like someone who's been there, done that, and just showing me the ropes, you know what I'm saying, trying to teach me more how to be a pro rather than a college athlete right now. So when, when I get to that level, you know what I'm saying, I'm prepared. Well, uh, on the, uh, here in the next couple minutes, Tyler, uh, I want to go into the Furman game. Yes. And see, uh, obviously, TJ had a really good game against Furman. I want to get your thoughts on that. And then, of course, we're going to talk some hoops later as well. Absolutely. And, uh, again, Garnet Trust Hour, today's guest is TJ Sanders. And uh, we'll continue on uh, with that and obviously hit uh, plenty of what happened on Saturday night in the, uh, in the Furman game. My first time in williams Bryce Stadium, by the way, on Saturday night. So very cool atmosphere. Um, certainly enjoyed that. Uh, real quickly, I'll ask you, what was your first experience inside williams Bryce Stadium and, and your reaction to the atmosphere there? My first experience or last Saturday? Your, your first experience there. Uh, well, my, my first experience was against, I want to say, Eastern Illinois two years ago. Uh-huh. I think I got out there for maybe five snaps, but I just remember <laughs> when I got out there, I was excited. I was trying not to worry about the crowd, but it's hard not to. <laughs> it's hard not to and really be. Absolutely. Uh, again, we'll dive into that Furman game coming up. You're listening to the Garnet Trust Hour here on The Game. It's Reaction Monday. Sponsored by Carolina Honda Powerhouse. CarolinaHonda.com. Your home of the Gamecocks in the Midlands. 107.5 The Game. Also heard on the Grand Strand at 100.3 The Game. And in the PD at 100.5 The Game in Florence. One. I'll touch my Phoenix sweater. And welcome back in. It is Reaction Monday. Here in the Garnet Trust Hour, Tyler Head, Chris Clark. Today's special guest, TJ Sanders from Gamecocks Football, joining us as we are talking all things about the Furman victory on Saturday night. Victory over Furman, should I say, on Saturday night. TJ, you uh, got a chance to uh, record a sack on Saturday, and uh, you know you guys uh, obviously didn't get a chance to get to Drake May the week before against North Carolina. How fulfilling is it to uh, get that first sack of the season? Like just for the team and myself personally, because last year I actually didn't get my first sack till week ten. Mm-hmm. So to get it earlier this season it's got me feeling good about the rest of the year. So week one to week two, what are your thoughts on you know the defense? Obviously, you're going from playing you know Drake May and and a Power Five team and FCS team, but a, a really good FCS team in Furman. I mean, they came in I think ranked number six in the FCS, and Coach Beamer, Coach White, Coach Limbo, Coach Loggins, they all talked about how Furman was a very quality opponent. But um, what did you see defensively? And let's start up front. You know, week one to week two, do you feel like y'all made some positive strides as far as improving week over week? I definitely do. Um, I think we all needed that loss week one to um, really propel this, um, this team where we're trying to get to. But as far as up front, 
Um, I feel like we definitely could have played better than what we did week one. And week two, we were I feel like we were more excited to put on that put that on display, all the work we put in from you know, going back to winter leading up to now. But it's kinda hard when they're chopping us the whole game. <laughs> That's besides the point. They were they were chopping y'all down. Um they were in that tunnel screen a lot. Mm-hmm. That was that was uh let's go back to week one though, seriously. And and we don't want to stay on that for a really long time, but what did you see going back and, and studying film from the North Carolina game? What do you think maybe the issues were? And and so I know that Coach White said he felt like sometimes up front, he said this in his press conference after the North Carolina game, I think on last Wednesday that maybe there were just, at times, some technique issues. Mm-hmm. What did you see, and what did you see with the staff when y'all look back on week one? Definitely what Coach Wright saying, the technique was definitely uh, something we could have played better with. And I'm also, I just think it was something we all call week one shenanigans. Where, mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Things just, sometimes they just don't go your way. Mm-hmm. So it's going to happen. One team going to start one and no, one team going to start on one. It always happens like that. It's no, it's no middle. We were just, unfortunately, with the team that had to go on one. Y'all's schedule is very difficult this year, right? Like, um, you open with North Carolina, you play Clemson at the end of the year. Some some teams play, I mean, basically nobody, you know, the, the first couple of weeks. But y'all have North Carolina, y'all have uh, Clemson at the end of the year. Even your FCS opponent is not a week off because, again, it's like a top 10 <laughs> FCS team, right? And then you have your SEC schedule. You guys are about to go to Georgia, but – do you like it better that way? Like just play like every single week, like no weeks off. Yeah, I mean that's why I can't say the SEC. Yeah, I knew I was gonna be playing the best. I didn't want to go anywhere else. Yeah, and for them to call it the hardest schedule, I, mean, I thought the schedule looked pretty good, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So when you're playing uh, against a team like Furman, you know we hear a lot of the difference between. Uh, athletes at the FBS level versus athletes at the FCS level. Down in the trenches, what's the biggest difference you notice going from playing a team like North Carolina to a team like Furman this past weekend? Um, I definitely feel like the two schemes were different. You know, so like I said, they were just chopping us the whole time. But um, North Carolina, you know, so I feel like they did some things well up front. Nothing that we really couldn't get by. I just feel like, like you said, it was a lot of technique issues. You know what I'm saying? I feel like we had to see them again later on. You know what I'm saying? We probably it'd be a different outcome. We play, the D line probably play well better overall. But you know what I'm saying? You can't look in the past. So mm-hmm. I just feel like we have had a chip on our shoulder and going to, going into the week versus Furman. And the same gonna apply this week. Did you expect to get chopped that much? Like against Furman? I did, but Y'all saw it on not, film. Yeah, yeah. On film was evident that they were gonna chop. But not just different when you get in the game. Right. You're told to attack, attack, attack. And when they're chopping, 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 it's, it's hard to attack. I'm you that. Is it hard to work on that during practice week, like to simulate being chopped that much? Uh, Like live, yes. Yeah. But as far as drills, I feel like we worked it pretty good. You know what I'm saying? Being the drills that we did to prepare for it. But, man, it's nothing like that real game. It's nothing like it's that. It's got to be frustrating yeah, as a D lineman, is, right? Because, you, like you said, you want to go attack. Like you want to be – Man versus man, if if he beats you, okay, right? But, like, you get chopped. It's just, man. You haven't played a um, – in high school, did you play option teams? I was just about to ask mm, him yeah. about options, that. Has everybody yeah. been cut blocked by yeah. an option team? <laughs> but, no, nah, we didn't, they didn't cut in high school. But, yeah, I definitely played a few option teams. So, chopping was kind of new to you when you got here. I want to say new. I've, I've got chopped before. Yeah. But as far as, like, how I got last Saturday, no. Not like that. <laughs> Not like that. 
So it, it seems like the um, the staff has kind of considered you like a third starter, and you and like Tonka, y'all are versatile, right? Like y'all could play inside, y'all could play outside. Remember in the spring you were playing outside some, but what has been your biggest, I think, and this goes back to what we were talking about earlier, like your biggest growth from freshman year to now um, in season three? You know, you redshirted year one, so – this this year is the most playing time you'll have had, right? Like consistently, like you're kind of like a third starter on the, on the interior for this team. But what has been your biggest growth? You think? I just feel like recognizing plays and playing faster, like knowing knowing when it's my time to make the play. I felt like last year it was too many plays I left on the table. It was still new to it was still mm-hmm. new to me, and I was still just like working my way around the ropes. But I feel like this year, I wouldn't say I've seen it all. Um, down there close. Uh, You've seen more. Yeah, yeah, I've seen more than I've ever seen. So I just feel like with that experience, my confidence has only grown when it was already at a high point back then. But now just getting the reps in game last year, just sitting there learning and being patient my freshman year got me prepared for this year three. When it comes to the defensive line, how important is it to have a solid rotation of guys to be able to, one, you know, give you guys a breather, but two, just have a lot of different uh, types of guys that can go out there and play on that defensive front? Well, that's definitely important because you never know when someone's going to be needed or, like, who coach wants in the game. So when, when another group goes in or another player goes in, you can't have a drop-off. So I know people always talk talk about conditioning, 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 but and when you're in them trenches and the bullets flying, it's, it's hard to stay fully energized when you're just constantly hitting a guy over and over and over. So the guys behind you or the guys in front of you, the substitutions, they're all important because – Injuries could happen. Um, you know what I'm saying? You never know what could happen. I'm saying, knock on the wood. But it's just important to have those guys ready. Let, let me give you a couple of scenarios, put you on the spot. So, okay, would you rather get chopped for, like, an entire game almost, kind of like the other night, or would you rather play, like, a high-tempo team that's moving the ball? You know? So you're like – like maybe like Tennessee, Tennessee, right? Like Tennessee would be a good example. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to take that Tennessee game. Yeah? Yeah, I can't, I can't do that chop. Because <laughs> if, if you stop them, it's not going to be much tempo. They're only doing tempos if they get in positive games. Right, mm-hmm. right. And then it becomes a problem. Yeah. Very true. Big problem. Um, I want to get your take on run defense. So uh, this is an area that Coach Beamer, Coach White really harped on. And, you know, we only have a two-game sample size so far. But – do you feel like, based on last season and then just two games of this year, have y'all made strides in run defense from your perspective? Definitely. I feel like the whole defense, for one, has bought into it. Mm-hmm. But the corners are now coming down. To, you know what I'm saying? No, they know they can tackle. So, like, I feel like they're trying to make more plays in that aspect rather than just uh, covering. And then our linebackers have been playing out of their minds, Stone mm-hmm. and Debo. So, with them two behind me, us up front fitting, I just feel like we can take this thing, you know what I'm saying, higher than it's been the last two years. We'll uh, continue our conversation with TJ Sanders as the Garnet Trust Hour rolls on here in a Reaction Monday on the game. What you're talking about. Sponsored by Love Chevrolet. On your home of the Gamecocks. In Columbia, 107.5 The Game. Also heard on 100.3 The Game in Myrtle Beach. And 100.5 The Game in Florence.
You know, it helped if I turn my microphone on. That would. Anyways, back here on the Garnet Trust Hour, Tyler and Chris along with you. Today's guest, TJ Sanders from Gamecock Football, reacting to the victory uh, Saturday night against Furman. And Chris brought this up just before the last break there, talking about run defense. And that was a conversation we've been having all offseason. You know, Clayton White's talked plenty about it and needing to improve when it comes to stopping the run. You know, it's one thing to say it, but what actually goes into being better at stopping the run from a mechanics perspective? Um, I feel like one of the main things you got to have is that mindset. You got to have a mindset. No team is going to come up here, come in here, Williams, Bryce, or when we go to them play, their place, nobody's just going to sit here and just run the ball down our throat the whole game. It's not what we want. It's not what the coaches want. We want to get out there. We want to pass rush. Get the pass rushing down, so you got to stop the run. So I just feel like that's everybody's mindset. And we all know we got to do the better that. TJ, you were telling me before the break, to, or during the break, that uh, that your mom's listening. You want to give her a shout out? Hey, mom, love <laughs> you. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Um, all right, so we were also talking during the break about some of your teammates. So I want to get your take on on them. I always like getting like we we hear from the coaches on their takes on players. We can kind of make our own assessment, but I, I like hearing from the guys that you're kind of in the trenches with, so to speak. So we were talking about. Jalen Kilgore as a freshman. What were your what have been your thoughts on Jalen? What did you think when you first saw him like in practice and everything? Yeah, my first time seeing Jalen, I thought he was a transfer from another school. I didn't know he was a freshman. <laughs> so when I find out, I was blown away. Like he moving like this, he acts mature. He doesn't even act like a freshman. That's why I couldn't right. tell he was a freshman. But now nah, just seeing that, I was excited. Like this is even before I even saw him play. And uh, when I just seen him play, I was like, yeah, he got that. He got that dog with him. Well, it's kind of like Nick last year. Like Nick steps in game one, you know, for an injury, and then he just kind of never gave up that job. Now, when Nick is back healthy, you know, I'm sure they'll get Nick back in that mix. But, but Jalen just stepped right in, and I think he's led the team in tackles both past two games, Mm -hmm. or he's been up there. Maybe, maybe him and Debo, him and Debo, him and yeah, Debo had game two, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but Jalen's been up North there. Carolina. Debo had North Carolina too. I think Jalen was like firm, second. I think Jalen yeah. had this game. Debo was second. So they they've been going at it. Yeah, they're right. Uh, speaking of teammates, one of the younger guys on the defensive line, Xavier McLeod, getting the interception on Saturday. Uh, how excited was everybody to, to see that happen? No, that was crazy because they they said at breakfast. I'm gonna catch a pick today. <laughs> we all just looking at Zay like, "Come on, now. it's your first game." Because a defensive lineman, that yeah. doesn't happen a lot. Exactly. He just sitting here calling it, and it happened. <laughs> nah, but nah, Zay, Zay a freak though. Like that, that pick is just the first sighting y'all gonna see of the type of things he can do on that football field. Like when he when he's locked in. He was he was he kind of um he kind of stole it from Pup though. Pup was there. <laughs> Nah, yeah, Pup said I wasn't gonna fight him over. He said, yeah, he said I ain't want, I ain't wanted it to fall on the ground. Pup, Pup will get his. I, I think he'll have plenty. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Pup's another one that doesn't look like a freshman. Oh no, nah, Pup's definitely does not look like a freshman. Golly, there's a bunch of them. Like, there's a bunch of guys. Like, you look out, and certainly there are a lot of a lot of y'all's best players are upperclassmen, right? Guys that have been around you, and, and then you look at Spence and Xavier Leggett and a, a bunch of guys. But there's a lot of young talent on this team too. Lenore Sellers, mm-hmm. dog, dog. That seems to be the consensus. Everybody like did, did, you probably heard in the stadium when he came in, like what it sounded like. Yeah, People were buzzing. It's crazy because I think I think everybody was just calming down. You know, Willie B always gonna be loud, but when Lenore's got in, yeah, I think that's what they was waiting on. He, I mean, 
it, it almost like I mean, you got a couple guys at quarterback now. I mean, your starter is playing extremely well. Like Spencer's been lights out. Heisman. Heisman. Okay, there you go. I mean, it's been a good two weeks. It, yeah, I mean, his numbers have been crazy. But for real, it and not to make you feel bad, but like if y'all would have won week one, his name would be up on that list. Already I think. Gone. I think because of the numbers he's been putting up, they've been. Pretty crazy. What's been the biggest difference that you've seen in Spencer from um, last season to this year? For last season, you know what I'm saying, he was just coming in, a lot of expectations on him. I don't really think his mind was as clear as it is now. I think now Spencer knows he's in control of everything. Like Spencer, the way he's playing, it's evident. Like he works, he's there every day, he's always in the building. And it's just the work going to show itself, you know what I'm saying, on Saturdays. And that's what that's just what y'all have been seeing. I've been seeing it all count. He does look in control. That's a good way to put it. I, I was going to say, I just get this sense from watching him and, you know, his press availabilities and just seeing how he is, even in the video that got that put out uh, from Saturday in the locker room where he got the game ball. He just seems so locked in. Yeah, like that exactly. maybe he wasn't necessarily there a year ago and maybe having the full year under his belt, going through another spring session, he just seems more locked in than ever before. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I definitely. I feel like that's been the biggest change for Spence, just more locked in, like you said, and knowing that with him on the field, we can beat anybody. I know you were talking about how you and Xavier Leggett are from similar areas. He's from Mullins, you're from Marion. Um, he has had a couple weeks that rival anything really <laughs> any receiver's done here. I mean, he surpassed last year's receiving total in one game. You know, week one, he did what he did week two. He's flying around on special teams. You know, give us your thoughts on Zay and what he's done so far. The, the Xavier Leggett everybody's seen these past two weeks is the Xavier Leggett I've seen all of high school. Mm-hmm. He just hasn't been able to show it as consistently on a college level, you know what I'm saying, due to injuries and other factors. But now this is the, this is the Xavier. Xavier, it, you guys are supposed to see. When you get Xavier away from cameras and microphones, does he say more than five words at a time? <laughs> no. Xavier, y'all get on the microphone. Xavier, we get in the locker room. Doesn't say much. Just no. He's a crazy athlete, though. Oh, he's crazy. Like we were hanging out with a couple guys that played uh, D line here, and they played D line here. You know, ten years ago, some sooner than that, and we showed them Zay. They didn't know who he was, and we showed him to him in the in the uh, indoor facility one day during camp, and they were like, "Is that a is that a defensive end? Like, what position does he? Play? You know what I mean? Like, they Definitely didn't know. We're like, no, that's one of the fastest guys on the team. Oh, yeah. He's done a great job. One thing that um, Shane Beamer has shown here at South Carolina is that when y'all have have had some like ups and downs as far as performance. He seems to have this ability, and obviously y'all get credit as players too, of course, to kind of rally y'all and not give up, right? Mm-hmm. Like you think about last year's Florida game and then what you did the week right after that and then the week after that. But what was his – why do you think he's so adept at that? Why is he so good at that, keeping you guys focused and back on track if you have a setback? Because I feel like most of the time where we've lost games – it's been like self-inflicted wounds. Mm-hmm. Coach Beamer always preaches to us, be us. Like, when we're us, we're hard as hell to beat. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's just the mindset that you guys are hearing, you know what I'm saying, just in more more words, more verbally. But the main thing, he always keeps it the same, just be us. And if we're, we're us, we're going to go out there and we're going to put on the show. So we talked about this a lot last week leading into the game against Furman, you know, 
regardless of who the opponent is, going out there and being able to do your job to your best ability, like I said, you got to sack the offensive line, played uh, really good on Saturday night and didn't allow any more sacks on Spencer. What does just playing a game like that, regardless of who you're playing, give you confidence going forward where you face a Georgia, Mississippi State, whoever, in these next couple weeks, just knowing, hey, I went out there, I did what I was supposed to, regardless of who the opponent is? I just feel like it's just all about building the right momentum at the right time. Like, Last year, how we how we started in the Tennessee game, which is building momentum at the right time, and that that leads to another thing, which y'all seen how we finished the year. But just leading off the Furman game, I just feel like we all needed, you know, what I'm saying, getting the win column, you know, what I'm saying, just know and see well, who we can actually be this year as a team. So Georgia's coming up next. Mm-hmm. Um, early early thoughts. I mean, you guys, you're off today. Like this is a true off day for you guys. NCAA rules, unless you got to go get treatment or something. Um, so I know y'all are getting healthy, and y'all get right back into practice tomorrow, preparing for Georgia. But just early thoughts, early excitement on on getting to go play in Athens. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, never played in Georgia, so definitely my first time. Excited for it. I know the team is, but other than that, anything that um you're really kind of keying in on. Don't give us away any scheme secrets or anything. But but anything that you feel like. Hey, we, we got to go to Athens and do this particular thing to give us the best chance of success. Is it is it stopping the run? Is it affecting the quarterback? Like, is it being a little bit more consistent in, in a certain area as a defense in total? Um, basically, we just got to win up front. The rest of handle itself. All right. Well, we'll uh, wrap up today's edition of the Garnet Trust Hour with TJ Sanders coming up here on the game. It's Reaction Monday. Sponsored by Carolina Honda Powerhouse. CarolinaHonda.com. Your home of the Gamecocks in the Midlands. 107.5 The Game. Also heard on the Grand Strand at 100.3 The Game. And in the PD at 100.5 The Game in Florence. And welcome back in. Is the Garden Trust Hour here on The Game. Tower head Chris Clark. TJ Sanders along with us on this Reaction Monday, a victory Reaction Monday, which we are all certainly pleased about. Now we've gotten to the last segment of the show. I think it's time to ask the question, TJ Sanders, if you are <laughs> picking a starting five for basketball of you and your teammates, what does your team look like? Before, so let me let me dissect this. Okay. <laughs> I know for one we got me. Now where are you playing? I need that detail. I, I'm going to build my team first, and I'm, I'm, I'll get to you. Okay, okay. All right. He's all right. got a plan. I'm getting ahead of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I got okay, you. Okay, I got me, Tonka. Uh, I've been hearing about them young young guys we got <laughs> on our team, but I ain't, I ain't really seen too many of them play. I'm going to go with what I know. Okay, um, give us give me P-Man, Peyton Mangrum. Okay, okay. okay. Mm, I need two more. I need two more. Ooh, give me oh yeah, give me uh, Xavier Leggett. All right. Mm-hmm. Give me a little athlete on my team. And one more, one more. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh, Isaiah Norris. Oh, okay. I hadn't, I hadn't. I don't know if we've heard Isaiah on a team before. Not Sleeper to my pick. knowledge. Nah, yeah, yeah. I don't know about Isaiah. Now he <laughs> did deviate from his own position group, which is not yes. something that most people do, so, or at least his side of the ball. 
So, book who who was it last time that we had on that had like a really strong squad? We thought uh, not like, not as far as D linemen, but like they said a good squad. I can't remember. We've, we, I mean, we, we've we, heard we asked this question a lot. We've heard several good versions, but now nah, that's a good team, I think. So Isaiah Norris, what's the scouting report on him? I haven't. He's an athletic guard. Okay, like, can, like he, he can dunk, shoot? He can shoot. He can dunk. He can windmill. I think he's East Bay. No, I don't think I've seen him East Bay. I'm probably making that up. But I've seen him windmill. <laughs> I've seen him windmill. I know that for a fact. And then P. Mangrum, what, what's the? Shooter. Okay. Yeah, we're going to need spacing for me and Tonk. So, we got the shooter. So, so Boogie's team that he gave us a while back, it was literally like all D-linemen. <laughs> you were on it, I think. Yeah, uh, no, no, I nobody's getting in the paint on that team. It was like him, you, uh, uh, Nick Nick Barrett. For real? Yeah, yeah, Nick Barrett <laughs> out there. Like, just put him in the paint and try to get around him. And uh, I think he did have Tonka on the team, too. I think so. I mean, it was all big, man. It, it was. No, that team going to be good at half court. I don't know about full court. There you go. See, that's why I like yours. I mean, you got, you almost have like, you have like five guys that can play guard, really. You know what I mean? Like, y'all can y'all can space. Y'all got a couple guys that can play in the paint. I feel like Xavier it, can play in the paint. As a. Uh, <laughs> has, has Coach Paris ever talked to you about maybe being a dual sport athlete? <laughs> No. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Do you think you could what level could you have played at if you were like, I'm playing basketball only? Like I forget football. Well, I think I could have played with the best. Could you? Okay. Yeah. Would you have been like a three man, four yeah, man? I've never been three. Three man. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I like it. You, now, did you know let me give you a little known fact about one of your coaches or not one of your coaches, although you know him. So Coach Lucas says he was a hooper in high school. Coach Lucas. Sterling Lucas. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Do you know that? No. No, he said he was a hooper, but he was only like he was like six two at, at Orangeburg Wilkinson where he played. PG. Yeah. Yeah. He he was a guard and then he said he had to figure out that he probably wasn't gonna make the NBA and then so he focused on football. Sound like me. He he did. <laughs> you said you could play at the highest level though. No, I could. I'm talking about in college though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. That is fair. No, I like I like your team though. I, I mean that that is a good one. Uh, Luke Luke Doty did not put himself on his team, and I think he said he was going to be the coach. He was going to be the coach. Juice did not put himself on his team. Maybe one other guy, but most most players put themselves mm-hmm. on their team. So I knew you would. You ever seen Spencer Rattler's highlights from high school? I think yeah. I think yeah. Spencer's first guy here. I seen some clips of he, him. Yeah, he can play. Yeah, he can shoot. He he can play for sure. He he had a pretty good team. He played with uh, what's that guy's name? He played for the Warriors. Nico Mannion, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he played with him in high school. They won a state title. Okay. So they're they're pretty good. Probably because of Nico. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, the you shots gave, fired. Yeah, I know. Well, well you see, gave, defensive you, linemen aren't supposed to like quarterbacks. <laughs> <laughs> well, he gave Spence some love earlier, though. That's true. So that was fine. That's true. That was fine. Um, all right, so let's turn it back a little bit toward um, toward Georgia, and I know y'all got to y'all be diving in heavy this week, like you know, scouting Georgia, watching film, all that stuff. But how? Give us your um, kind of schedule for the week as far as how y'all prepare. I know Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you've got practice. Today's a pretty tough practice normally, right? Or not tomorrow. today, tomorrow yeah. is a pretty tough practice, yeah. right? Pretty physical. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like going throughout the week, just having that mindset, knowing, knowing what we got to do this weekend, and um, just making sure we perform maintenance, basically, on our bodies. You know what I'm saying? A lot of guys beat up. Mm-hmm. Make sure we're all healthy going into Athens. What is the – what's your kind of individual – you have kind of a routine during the week? Still figuring it out. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, because it's actually been my first season where I'm actually playing, playing. Playing, playing, yeah. Yeah, so it's, you know, I'm still in, in the midst of that. Trying to figure out, like, what's the best. Are you superstitious at all? I used to be in high school, but nah. Yeah, I mean, you just you just listen to some music before the game and just go, go with it that way. Trust my trainer. Yeah. That's all I can do. But you're just trying to, you're trying to figure out the optimal, like, game week schedule, mm-hmm. though. Are you, like... You're going in. You're, you obviously you're doing practice, but you're like watching film mm-hmm. alone sometimes yeah. and trying to figure out like. I watch a film alone after practice. I watch film by myself. I go back up to the building later to watch it with my coach, and then we watch it again the next morning. So I'm getting three three film sessions in, correcting my mistakes, or as a group we're correcting our mistakes. When you go back and like, how do you tell? I've always been fascinated by this. So how do you take something that you see? So let's say you're watching back Furman tape, mm-hmm. and you see, okay, technically, maybe it's something you noticed, maybe it's something that Coach Robertson notices, like, hey, technically, you were a little off here. Obviously, you can see that and say, okay, I know what I did, but how do you take that to the Georgia game? You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and, like, and translate it to – fix it? Yeah, how do you fix it on the field? What's the um, process for that? Okay, take it, take it to play where I might have been a three to the right and I, I got a zone scheme coming, mm-hmm. coming to me. So I got to play a reach block. Let's say I get reached on that play. We come in, we watch it. Coach like, okay, here's why you got reached. Mm-hmm. I'm going to listen to him. I'm already, I'm already going to watch film on myself before he even tell me what I did wrong. Right. So most of the time, I'm already going to know what I need to fix. So when he's telling me again, it's like, okay, now you really need to double down on it. So it might, it might just be something as simple as you took a wrong step or you, sh- you shot your hands late or you're looking in the backfield. Like It's just not that many things that you can really clean up. And it should be just the one small thing that will take you out of the play. So I feel like once we know what we got to clean up, it makes it that much easier to clean it up. Uh, one thing is uh, we let you go here. What's one thing that people need to know about this team for this year? Obviously, you look to improve this being Beamer's third year to improve on what you did last year. What what do people need to know about uh, this team for this year? Um, I just think people need to relax after one loss. And we're going to be us. Just trust that we're going to be us. I think that's pretty fair. Uh, we'll get out of here in just a second, but, uh, again, thank you so much for, uh, taking some time with us this morning. Obviously it's your one day off this week. We know you could <laughs> probably be doing a lot of things. We certainly thank you for hanging out with us and, uh, certainly wish you and your teammates the best of luck. It's going to be tough this weekend against Georgia, but, uh, we, uh, we have the utmost confidence to you guys and uh, best of luck the rest of the season as well. Appreciate you guys, man. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. That'll do it for today's edition of the Garnet Trust Hour. Coming up next, the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on the game. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, Money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. 
Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.